There it is. Okay, here we go. Ooh, oh, yeah. Hey guys, welcome to episode Feel 135 that. of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore number five, and I don't have a bit because I have two fellow hosts here with me, Big Tuck and Marketing Ross. Hello. Now, What's going on, guys? Far be it for me to chide anyone about their drinking habits, but we all think it's, you guys think it's a little early, right? You know you're only an hour ahead of us, right? Right. See, I'm glad you brought that up because... Psych, get us non-alcoholic. Boom! I have successfully... The only thing I wanted to report this week is that after my birthday bender, I successfully did not have any alcohol, nicotine, uh, or caffeine this week. I'm kind of shocked. It was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. The coffee was the main thing that was hardest to give up, right? Yeah. Um, And I still had these like migraines. But then I went to the doctor on Tuesday for... I have to go there for my shoulder... And she was like, well, your blood pressure has been the best it's ever been. And you've, you're down 14 pounds since you last were in here. And I was like, huh, I can't imagine that's from two days, but what do you know? <laughs> so that's, that's all I got. These, uh, and I will say these, uh, these non-alcoholic beers don't really do the trick, but uh, it's okay. I'm going, yeah. I'm going camping tonight and we will split that. But it's good to see you two together in the same room on the same camera. How's it going over in oh, Kansas yeah. City? Uh, it's fine. Weather's finally decent. Nice. That's it. That's good. Um, I just I just got back from a work trip from Dallas. Um, so the weather is very comparable down there. So I thought it was going to be a lot Wait, warmer what did, and a nice little escape, but it was about the same. What did redacted companies send you to Dallas for? Uh, venue scouting. For redacted... <laughs> for what? Uh, no, so we, have a, we have a national meeting every year. Um, oh, yeah. They, they sent me down to check it out and see oh, that's if, pretty cool. if we wanted to host at a certain. And what'd you think? I hate, cool. I hate Dallas. I don't like Dallas at all. I'll <laughs> let them know you said so. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah, they'll you, say they, we don't care because yeah. Texas is better than no, you. They all know, they all know me. I still, this, this grown man still haunts the, haunts the hollowed halls of that place. I live, <laughs> I left a very big echo when I left. If you know what I mean? I don't. A Tucker, a Tucker sized hole, if you will. Oh, okay. Because you're a larger guy, you left. Okay, I get yes. it. I get it. The value, my value, is proportional to my voice and largeness there, <laughs> which is not true at all. Well, uh, I didn't get to go travel anywhere this week. Uh, I got for the brief moment of a day. My boss was like, "Yeah, we might be sending you to Vegas here in two weeks to oh. like schmooze customers and stuff." And then, like, 24 hours later, he's like, yeah, we couldn't justify it. And that's like, <laughs> oh, well, that's, the dream lasted while it did. Yeah. It's, it, it's, but, always, uh, it's no. always nice as a dream. Yeah. But other than that, I uh, did another round of interviews this week. Um, yes. We actually had a uh, local leader surprisingly retire. Um, I thought the guy was going to be in his job for another five, six years, to be honest. Um, but he surprised retired. So I got done with that interview process. And you know, feel uh, pretty good about it. Uh, it's very, very tough competition. Um, there's a guy that's been on that team for the last five years that's been basically training to try and take over uh, that role. So did they, we're just going to have to see what the hiring manager wants. Were you able to smooth over the the confusion from last time? In a graceful, yeah, grace, so, as we call in the software community, it, a graceful error. Yeah, so um, the interviewing VP honestly never brought it up. 
Um, oh, okay. She just, you know, kind of continued on. She was just as pleasant as she's always been. Uh, we Our interview actually went about 20 minutes longer than the scheduled time. And I even did the professional thing of, hey, I know we're at time. So, you know, let's go ahead and wrap up. And she was like, no, 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 no. I got until the top of the hour. And I was like, great. And then top of the hour came. And we just kept talking for another five, six minutes. So, nice. Um, you know, it's always good when they're the ones driving the lengthy right. conversation, not so much you just being full of hot air. So yeah, I completely uh, agree. With yeah, that. no, that was pretty great. And I'll be honest though, the Vegas thing, I'm very excited. I'm not going because, and I guys, I made this commitment to be on our May second Twitch stream for the partner non partner. I would have been in Vegas that day. Oh. I would have brought my streaming. You would have had to bring everything over and done it from the hotel. Yeesh. Well, well, hey, maybe uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that you still committed to it. So, yeah. Well, maybe they can push the Vegas trip out to what is it June when the Commander Fest is going to be? Oh, yeah. My there gosh. you go. That's well, that's, guys, that's the dream. Yeah, that is the dream. Um, but hey, if you'd like to support us, you know, bringing on uh, new members, trying to bring new content, doing these fresh things like partner non partner, we could not do it without your Patreon support at Patreon.com/slash/CMDTower. We have multiple tiers on there from literally a dollar on up. You get soft costs. You get actual like merchandise and value. Uh, we're starting to do a lot more community engagement this year. We've actually uh, just kind of started for Marketing Ross and uh, another friend of the cast um, to be moderators in our Discord to kind of help push that dialogue. And, you know, as you guys join, we keep the conversations fresh. Uh, but of course, if you guys have thoughts or feelings of what you would like to see from a patron partnership, Reach out to us. Let us know. We're always looking to improve that. Now, we do also have a referral program, which is pretty great. If any of our existing patrons get someone to sign up, if you or they let us know, we'll actually send the referrer some free swag just as a thank you for going out and preaching the good talk of the collective. Now, you've probably seen some amazing merch um, out there on streams. So cmdtower.com slash merch. We do sell foil playmats on there. We have tons of card sleeves. We've got this sweet jund uh, soft cotton sweater. Whole bunch of swag out there. Go check it out. We do have a goal. We're trying to offload about 50% of our inventory um, within the next six months. That way we can actually do this massive influx um, into the channel, into the community, and really improving everything that you see. Now, lastly, you've probably seen it um, talked about on like the Najila Bruise and Builds episode, uh, but abyssproxyshop.com, code CMD Tower for 10% off your order. This is the playtest person that our group here in Kansas City and many others have used uh, across the world. Uh, the coolest thing about the site is A, the discounts are compoundable. So I know, for example, if you spend over $100, you can use your 10% off and they'll give you a free play a uh, free set of dual land pr proxies or play tests as well for free, which is normally like 20, 30 bucks. But here's the interesting thing. Go in, type in custom card into the site. And you'll actually get a custom gallery of all the community art people have had create cards for. And if you want to riff off one of those, add it to your cart and order it. They're only like $4 with the discount. Now I did have a question about this. If there's cards that we are looking to get proxies of, do we just need to contact him through his email and contact us page? Or is there a better way to do it? So the best way to reach out to Abyss Proxy Shop is they do have an email on the website that you can reach out for contact or his Instagram as well. Uh, that's actually how I've done a lot of my communications through the years. Um, but essentially, if there's a card that you do not see in his custom gallery or his normal gallery, you would just do a custom card 
and you would just talk with them and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And they accommodate it all and they charge the same price as the custom card, even though they'll design it and everything for you. Awesome. It is awesome. Thank you for recognizing. <laughs> and I do have three proxies from Abyss Proxy in this deck that we're going to be talking about. Ooh. And I will post pictures of those in the Discord after this is live. Oh, I wonder which, oh. I wonder which one those could possibly be. They say it just like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to uh, classic brew day one Bruise and Builds with today's episode. Uh, we really describe the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down to four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We call that grains. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow and stabilize and ramp your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then we have how does your board interact with all of your opponents, whether it's their strategy, board state, hands. We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then one of my favorite sections, and unfortunately I've played this deck and this section claps. How does the really? deck do what it wants to do or when we call that yeast? Wow. Uh, and yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content without it adds alcohol content carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking a Guinness non-alcoholic draught. Uh, and without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have fun shenanigans, possibly a brood. These are just cards Ooh. that kind of don't fit the deck. They don't fit the synergy, but we think they're kind of fun. That's called spice. And before Tuck goes, we do have a gift for him today. Whoa. That is pure spice. Uh, how about a, a little bit of this, buddy? Wow, the, the old yeah, Tibbalt, little uh, Tibbalt, uh, your uh, you know gay life partner, I believe. Wait, who's um, this for? Is this for me? Oh, that's for you. Oh, what the hell? That's amazing. There Thank you, you go. That's spicy. Tibbalt wouldn't be half bad in this deck, actually. If you think about that, uh, no, not every beer no. has has them. You get to draw a card for free for two mana. Broken. Not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or additional hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then, to wrap up the episode, we have a bottle capping. And, as we've done all month, these will be big tucks and eyes, cuts and ads to Marketing Ross's deck that'll be under $5, under $50, bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. We just aren't going to talk about mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Uh, it's the third deck for our Twitch stream. And as a reminder, guys, May 2nd, 2022, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time at, at twitch.tv slash cmdtower. You're going to see Commander Cookout's own Brando, Marketing Ross, Big Tuck, and I all battle out a partner-non-partner challenge. Essentially, we lived in a world of what if. Uh, and if every legend had partner the chaos that could ensue or like i'm thinking not ensue so today ross has brought us afara and norin drawn together so big tuck why don't you read afara then marketing ross why don't you read norin and kind of tell us how you came together with this deck i'd love to 
So, Afara, God of the Polis, is two colorless and Azorus. That's a uh, white and a blue for a legendary enchantment creature god. That's a 6-5 and a mythic. Uh, it's got indestructible. And then as long as your devotion to white and blue is less than seven, it isn't a creature. At the beginning of each upkeep, if you had another creature enter the battlefield under your control last turn, you can draw a card. Yeah, and Norin the Wary is for one red, is a 2-1 legendary creature human warrior. That's a mistake. He should be a coward. Oh, absolutely. Ah. Uh, whenever a player plays a spell or a creature attacks, remove Norn from the game, return it to play under its owner's control at the end of turn. Now, before you go into why you built this deck, the question is, did you get from Abyss Proxy Shop or some other altarist the Norn card that the creature's not even there? It's <laughs> yeah. just, he's always scared. He oh. can't even be on his own card art. I wish I did. Uh, the, oh. the one game we played, I kept flipping him over back and forth. <laughs> Yes. And it would be a lot easier if he just wasn't there. <laughs> did you scream? Did you see listen, as as the as someone who's Norn's very dear near and dear to my heart, well two I have two points. One is that do you scream Norn gets scared every time at the top of your lungs? Because that's former friend of the show and former friend of my own, I guess. T- uh Tice used to do that all the time. And no, second, I, I heard the first idea of this deck was literally just Norn and Perforos, which completely betrays the idea of what we're trying to accomplish here. And if that's the case, I could I would have just done that with my Perforos deck and just had a better just had a better Perforos deck. What the hell? No, you're you're right. So when I first started building this, I I've always wanted to build a Norn deck, but uh, as you say, they they all kind of run the same scheme sure. of things. And at first, I was like, oh, it would be funny if Perforos was just always there. And I was like, actually, that's that's not very funny. That's just gross and what the devil <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just incredible it's just a dream right well i mean i guess you could just sub norn and put in krenko and it's the same thing just yeah, like right. krenko exactly. exactly um so when i landed on afara i wanted to have some sort of value engine that because norn is leaving and coming back in so mm-hmm. many times um afara is going to see that turn over turn so in a typical game of a four pod i'm going to draw five cards just off of norn leaving right. and coming back afara seeing that so um, that's that's where we landed on Afara. Now, I'm curious, did you decide on the color pairing first or on the command or the mechanic and like what you wanted to do first? Because I know for me, I went the color pairing route and then it's like, how can I find stuff to fit this color pairing? Um, Tuck did binder bullshit, which, you know, that it is what it is. And he it's just took f- his favorite colors, Demir and Jund. And it's my favorite colors. Hey, that I mean, both both routes are valid. OK. Tuck, Thanks, Dad. Um, but no, I went, I went the commander route first. Okay. Like I always wanted Norin and then I was just looking at other commanders. And since I had already looked at Perforos, I was Mm -hmm. like, let's look at the other gods, um, and just treat it as an enchantment. Yeah. See what we can do. And then looking at Afara, I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Every time Norin comes back, I get to draw a card and who doesn't like to draw cards? So me, I don't like to draw cards. Well, never. I don't like burst draw that doesn't equal to a card per CMC. That's what I don't (laughs) like. So Ristic said he's the best card in the format. Um, <laughs> Yuck. So I will say, guys, I got to play this deck. Uh, it will now be two weeks ago um, at Nance's place. You know, Ross had me and Sir Nathan over and a bunch of others. And uh, we actually sat down with both of our partner and non-partner decks. And uh, Marketing Ross's deck claps. <laughs> um, it's scary. Wow. Um, How exciting. It, it genuinely was terrifying because... The engine, and, and, and it's it's a very interesting thing, because Norin plus Afara, you don't think is that scary, but I think it's more Norin getting access to the uh, the Azorius 
color right. five that's actually making it good. A lot of ETB, do this, do that, do this. Um, that's kind of where it's like, you wouldn't have thought this would have been, it's not broken, but you wouldn't have thought this would have been really good, but it actually is. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and, and I was looking through this. I feel like this comparative, like, it feels like this is like the tightest of any. I and I did I didn't hear Brando's side of things yet. I haven't listened to that episode, but I feel like this one has like the tightest synergy of any three of of any of the four. Right? Like it feels like mm-hmm. it's got a really like it sounds like like Elspeth or uh, sorry, um, Afara Joy Joyra kind of has her own deal going right. Um, but I feel like this one really has like a lot of synergy going to it. Um, and a lot of bi- like potential big payoffs. Uh. Yeah, so I there's a couple things in the spice category. I had a few questions on, but overall, it seems like a pretty it seems like a pretty solid list. Well, well, I know the first one in that spice category by alphabetical order is a slam dunk, right? It should be a yeast <laughs> yeah, card, right? Yeah, Actually, if you could put it in every category and have four of it, even be better. By um, by definition of spice, that's where it landed. But uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. So the the last thing I'll add on the building of this deck is uh, since we're drawing so many cards, like a. a you know, a, maybe a streamlined thing to do would be to uh, go the lab man or the lab Jace win. And that's one thing that I did not want to do in this. And so a lot of the um, the drawing of cards that I do in this deck is I try to weaponize the actual drawing of cards versus mm, right. uh, running out of cards. Yeah, I mean, that is a good point. Now, I think to Tuck's point, though, this being the most cohesive deck of all of ours so far, uh, Tapped Out does have it registered as 70% competitive. So, you know, right. I always look at that. It means it's like a 7 out of 10 on the power level. And honestly, I would agree. It was a solid 7. I mean, you would get your just ass chewed out at a CEDH table. But, you know, <laughs> well, at yeah. a pre-con table, you're going to wreck. And at tune tables, it's going to handle. So I actually think that's pretty accurate. Uh, I also was going to ask, so a lot of these cards out there seem pretty specific and the price is around 341 to 420. Now, minus, if you minus the, uh, what I assume you got abyss to help you out with that price goes down about $80, but how much of this did you have lying around and how much of this did you have to pick up? Uh, almost entirely was just from my own collection. So just nice. pulling things here and there. And I think, you know, combo mentioned it on his build is that, uh, he has all these sticky notes of, yeah. I pulled this from here and this from here. So, Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, you did that. Okay. Yeah. I posted notes all over the place. This is currently in partner. <laughs> on partner. Yeah. And you know, for me, cause I actually think, you know, if this is something that the community ever was like, yeah, this is kind of fun. It's like, um, plane chase or oh, sure. chub, shit like that. I think it's cool that this stream potentially is going to show, because I'm pretty sure Brando just did it with stuff he had laying around, um, that, hey, you can do these fun things by just taking pieces from other decks, take a picture, and then when you're done with it, you put the cards back. You don't have to always buy new stuff, and you don't always have to completely dismantle decks to use pieces. It's very easy to just take pieces out and use them temporarily. Yeah, and one other thing I'll add to that when we were talking to Nance is... He was like, well, what if I go take a pre-built deck and I just slap another commander on there as a partner that fits that color pairing? And I was like, that's fine. You could do that. Yeah. And, and of course, his example was Thraxamundar and uh, Turgrid. And I said, gross. Never mind. Don't do that. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little much, but sure. What did he become a degenerate? <laughs> he's, he's a sleeping degenerate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the little dog at their place that just kind of throws you off the scent. You're like, oh, oh this guy sure. has to be nice. Kind of like kind of like Tuck. Big Tuck has this big, fat, floofy cat. And you're like, oh, he's a nice guy. He's not going to bully me into like letting him ping me for one. 
but then you play just a taste for god's sakes this guy certainly isn't going to make out with me aggressively in a parking lot (laughs) well guys let's dive into this build we'll start with the ramp and grain section ross this is your deck i want you to kick it off what is the first grain card you think is important to this build all right so the first grain that i want to talk about is maybe something that the riddler would leave behind um it is Teferi's Puzzle Box. Oh. oh. So uh, for four colorless, it's an artifact, and it says, at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player puts the cards in his or her hand on the bottom of their library in any order, then draws that many cards. <laughs> and so since I want to draw cards, this is doing exactly what I want, but it also has the benefit of maybe mucking up other people's plans. And so you were holding on to something, ready to do something on your turn. Teferi's Puzzle Box says, ah, let's see what else you have. So I can think specifically of one deck that you own that I feel like encompasses maybe three quarters of the cards you have in here. Is that correct? Uh, does it involve a shark? I can't. I cannot confirm nor deny. But I have. A, I have. A, I have I a sneaking suspicion. A lava girl, though. Yep, shark boy and lava lava girl. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so I feel like this is. I know this card's really good in there, and I do like this card a lot, uh, mostly because. I the big thing I like about it is the draw is really good, but also like throws people off, right? Like they have they yep. might have a three card plan that they want to enact on their turn, and then all of a sudden they either have to burn a bunch of stuff at instant speed, or they have to completely throw away that idea and pull up a brand new one out of their butt. So I like that yeah, kind of I, chaos that comes into it as well. Well, and the thing that I like about Teferi's Puzzle Box is that it's uniform for the table. Ah, like, yes, everyone's going to be impacted by this. You know, um, it's the same kind of reason like wheel of fortune or wheel effects by themselves are totally fine and fair. Like there's no reason for any one person to be butthurt about it. It's whenever, you know, you have that paired with Narset that's like, well, right, right, right. This is like kind of crappy. I mean, even Neku's are, it's not that bad. It's like, you got to take some damage, but it's not like you were prevented from drawing cards. Yeah. Right? I um, to- totally so, agree yeah, with that. Puzzle box is an awesome card. Uh, I can't believe the mystery booster is still like six, seven bucks. Um, I, I think it was like it, 15 it, before. But the crazy thing, though, is I think when Mystery Boosters came out and that was there, because I got one, that's where I got mine from, it was only like a dollar or two oh, bucks. Really? It was super cheap. Uh, yeah, I think it was flooded for a little bit. And mm. then as Mystery Booster was harder to get a hold of, it, the price just started going up and up. But. Interesting. Well, the first one I wanted to talk about, I have a feeling that people are going to be on it because I just saw it happen. Uh, let's just say when non token artifact creatures atb you get these little dudes oh. but it is universal but let me tell you this guy gets to take advantage of it more i don't know if anyone has this card uh but genesis chain what a rip um holy hell this sucks uh two colorless artifact whenever a non-token creature etbs a genesis chamber is untapped that creature's controller creates a one one mirror artifact creature token so this is universal for the table but right let, let me let you in on a little secret, kids. Uh, Norn cost a red. Um, yeah, Genesis Chamber costs two colorless. <laughs> so by turn two, this guy is going to be getting four mirrors of rotation. Uh, and that is why I had to board wipe. And it oh. pissed off Sir Nathan, but I had to do it. Just because he was just getting mirror after mirror after mirror? I was just thinking, was like, is this good enough for Perforos? Am I- but here's, the thing. here's the thing, though, Tuck. Uh, and I have to like point it to him because he's the bad guy. It was like he had it first rotation. We're going around. I think I got a mirror. Someone else got one. You didn't think anything of it. And Ross was like, okay, I'm going to untap five mirrors. And I was like, what? It's been yeah, a turn. Were... The, the fuck are you talking about? Five <laughs> mirrors. 
Now he's but, just blocking uh, for days. Yeah, I, I think Genesis Chamber is something that people kind of sleep on. And I think that's I I think a lot of people like like Mr. Combo just said, like everyone gets something, right? Everyone gets a taste. But I think so why put it in your deck, right? It's it's like symmetrical for the board. But I think you if you are smart about it, you only are putting this in decks where you're gonna get way more than everyone else. Exactly. So I'm here, yeah, I'm here for it, especially for a two drop for a buck fifty, which is kind of wild. Yeah, and right to your point, Tuck, it reads uh, in a way where everybody gets a mirror, and maybe they'll get more than I do because I don't have that many creatures in this deck. Mm -hmm. But right. with Norrin coming in and out and in and out, like Combo said, I end up with considerably more. All right, well, Tuck, what is your first green card? Are you guys ready to ascend with me? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, we are. Is it everyone? Is it all three? Do we do it? Oh, I think it's just us. Okay, three, ready? two... One, Arc Mage Ascension. Ascension. Two colors and a blue for an enchantment that's a rare for $2.99. You dick. You know I'm Woo. over here trying to take notes, taking advantage of me. <laughs> I see how it is. Ah. Well, here, I'll just make fun of Tuck. This is me as Big Tuck without my glasses. <laughs> uh, at the beginning of each instep, if you draw two or more cards this turn, uh, you may put a quest counter on Archmage Ascension. Uh, as long as Archmage Ascension has six or more quest counters on it, if you would draw a card, you may instead search your library. Guys, you may instead. This is oh. keys that I did not pick up on. Um, search your library for a card and put that card into your hand and shuffle your library. What's a mate? What what is a may matter? Wouldn't you always just want to do that? No, because this deck has so many effects off of oh, draw. for drawing. Ah, so right, there was right. a time in our game tuck that I purposely left this on the field, and what did I end up getting rid of? Uh, the Ristic Study. Yeah. So I got rid of Ristic Study oh, instead okay. of this. Because in my head, it was like, hey, eventually he's going to get this. He has so many draw effects. Right. He's going to get the computer. Let's get rid of Ristic Study because that is a draw mechanic. Because in my head, I thought when he had the quest counters, he could only tutor if he drew cards. And I was like, that kind of pseudo shuts off his deck because he no longer gets draw triggers. Um, and that right, wasn't right. the case. And this card uh, <laughs> wrecked us. So Yeah, uh, it seems really good. Uh, and I feel like, again, with the with the Norn rigmaroles, some people would be like, well, you have to place a Spell Slinger or something along those lines. Six is a lot. It's like, not really, because again, if you're playing the deck right, it's like, what, a rotation in one? It's like six turns, yep. effectively, or, or six rounds? Well, so you do have to draw two cards. So, like, without mm -hmm. anything else happening besides the Afara and Norn, I only get one on each turn, one sure. turn draw. Um, so I have to have other things out there like Ristic Study or something else to get that second draw on everybody else's turn. Got but it. It's not terribly difficult to to do. It's not. Get, yeah. And this, and this is a card that comes out early, sits around, and then just like wins you the game is how I'm guessing it goes. So that's why I was kind of surprised to see it in the grain, but it makes sense in that context. Yeah. And so I, I set it up as a grain just because um, in thinking of like when you're when you're playing the deck, if you are drawing – would you rather draw or would you rather go find exactly what you need? Mm. So setting up your board state or right. whatever you might need. See, look at that. He actually looks in our categories more than we do. God, we suck. Well, Marketing Ross, what is your last grain card? Yeah, so the other one that I want to talk about uh, is a blue enchantment for two with some tentacles involved. Yes, it uh, is. Three, two, one. Ominous Seas. An enchantment is an uncommon for Mycoria. All right. Um, Go ahead. All right. It's uh, Yeah, it's 82 cents. So whenever you draw a card, 
Put a foreshadow counter on Ominous Seas. Remove eight foreshadow counters from Ominous Seas. Create an 8-8 blue Kraken creature token. Cycle it too. Why doesn't it say sacrifice it after that? Because <laughs> it's cause that, that would be terrible. You have to sack it's it? No. Common. It is terrible. <laughs> is it? And the best part is if you don't need it late game, you still get a free you can still get a free redraw. So what what's the point? Like, when is the point that you would destroy this? Like four omen counters, and you're like, okay, I guess I have to bite the bullet here. Like I think it's whenever you have the answer and it's on the table and there is no <laughs> waiting. So do you think this is like a, a dead on site, like DOA? Well, think about it, Tuck. It says whenever you draw a card, yeah. it's not once per turn, once oh, a no, I get it. So if he just burst draws eight, you can't do anything. He just gets a freaking eight, eight Kraken. Okay. So we have and Archmage Ascension, Ominous Seas, and uh, Rhystic Study on the table. What's the order of destruction? Uh, based off my gameplay experience, I'd probably go Archmage Ascension, then Rhystic, then Ominous. Okay. Yeah. So still a threat, and but not, not threat number one in that pile. Yeah, no, because, well, Rhystic feeds into it. Sure. Um, well, Rhystic feeds into them both, but Rhystic's what enables the Archmage Ascension because it get, helps him get that second card each turn. And then Rhystic just getting the extra card draw each turn helps Ominous go quicker. So that's why I think Ominous is dead last. Is just dead last of those three? Archmage sure. is the tutor, which you got to get rid of. And then Rhystic is the engine. Right, right, right. And this is the and payoff. One other, one other thing that uh, I want to point out on the ominous seas is the instant speed capability. And so I could be sitting there with counters on it and just decide to remove eight and suddenly get a kraken. Whereas the the other example is like hoof prints of the stag, where I make yeah. the four four elemental flyers. Mm -hmm. I can only do that on my turn. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Placeability only during your turn. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the grain section. Now we're going to head over to the hot profile. And I'm going to kick this off with uh, a very mean card that likes to corrode your opponent's decks. We're talking oh, Psychic Corrosion. It's really good. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Uh, two colorless blue, Enchantment Uncommon for $2. That tells you how good it is. Whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Um, we just talked about how Noren's going to ETB at least four times a rotation minimum. So how do you, everyone feel about milling eight yep. every turn cycle? That sounds freaking terrible. Then you but have really good yeah, then, then you have your you have like even your uh Mystic Remoras, Rhystic Studies, all those sort of things that are feeding into this. It's it's real strong. It's really, really strong. But I noticed this is the only real mill that you have in here, right? So you're doing the besides the spice one, potentially. Yeah. So is this is this one that you just have in here for like you only have one example just because this is the best one of, from the drawing perspective? Yeah. So a lot of the other ones they uh, they only they either only get one card or they target somebody. And mm -hmm. so I wanted it to be more of a table effect to take two cards away from each. That makes person. sense. Yeah, so. definitely. To really make to, right. to really solidify yourself as the arch enemy, right? <laughs> right. E equal equal amounts of oppression. Yeah. Well, uh, Big Tuck, I know Oppression isn't in this deck, but what is the card you wanted to talk about? Oppression. Uh, so I am proud that you run this card because I would run the, If I actually had Jeskai decks that I like, I would also run this card because it helps completely dictate the flow of the game and will probably uh, only piss off one or two people. Is this anyone? I, nope. I don't okay. have it, but I know what you're after. Okay, so Pramacon Sky Rampart 
I love it. America, uh, America. Yeah. The the Great Wall. The great oh, the Great Wall. It's amazing. We've been canceled. Um, we are now blue, canceled. Blue, red, yeah, blue, red, white. Oh, I was we're I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dancing around some real, real risque stuff for my next pick. Uh Pramican <laughs> Sky Rampart is blue, red, white, legendary creature that's a wall. It's a one five with defender. Might as well be like effectively a zero zero. Um, as as or zero five as Pramican Sky Rampart enters the battlefield, choose left or right. Each player may only attack the nearest opponent in the chosen direction and planeswalkers controlled by that opponent. Uh, I think this card is amazing. And I think it actually, it's A, like a goofy card, but B, I think this is like a really cheap defense against token decks, right? Like if there's a deck that's coming screaming out aggressively, this is just an easy way to be like, no, go the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. And in the game we played, it actually uh, helped secure the win because I yep. dictated which way people would be attacking. It's the best. Yeah, I knew it, it. And it and it was the person I think diagonal to marketing Ross that like had the power and the threats. So it was oh. like, hey, well, I don't want them to be able to attack. And then I want to say the person to your right that would have been Sir Nathan. He had some stuff. It wasn't like super intense, but also it was like I don't necessarily want you to hit. And my game had gone so slow. Ross was just like, well, Mister Combo can hit me, and then we'll just have everyone go right. And right. Uh, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> and it worked yeah. out. I love it. And. In the particular game we were playing, that diagonal player was an Arcades deck. And so once it became open for him to swing towards me, I just said, good night, Arcades. And <laughs> right. that we were safe then. Right, right, right. Uh, and it's also only 80 cents. So no one has any excuse not to run this in Just Guy. Absolutely. Uh, well, Marketing so, Ross. Yeah, the first first one I want to talk about uh, has a Pegasus on the front, if anybody wants to talk about that. <laughs> nah. All right. Uh, so this is Island Sanctuary. It costs one oh. and a white. For an enchantment that's a rare. And it says, if you would draw a card during your draw step, instead you may skip that draw. If you do until your next turn, you can't be attacked except by creatures with flying and or island walk. And so since I'm drawing effectively five cards every rotation, I'm safe to <laughs> yeah. skip that initial draw. Yeah, it sounds about right. I can't I can't remember. I told Mr. Combo to put this in one of his decks. Uh it might have been your enchantment deck, I think, for kind of the same reasons. Like you're gonna get that burst card draw off, off of just playing enchantments. Uh, but yeah, this card's really strong, especially for a two drop and especially for three dollars. Yeah, I mean, I guess my question to you guys is this is a super old card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think I mean it's only three dollars? I mean, is this a card that's ever in risk of just being a 10, 15, 20 dollar card? And like uh... is it worth because I mean it is only a two drop. You do, like you guys have said, you only have to miss your initial draw. Um only flying an island walk. Flying's a thing, but island walk really isn't. Right. Yeah, that it's pretty well, much just getting and White's getting more power, and it's also getting a lot more card draw outside of the initial you get. This this might be a good now. The only thing is they don't have a gold bordered version of it, which that's usually the ones that okay, they do gonna, for the most expensive cards. But but no, I think this is, I think this would be worth having. I think I think that's a really good point to pick it up while it's cheap. Um, also, Mark Poole is a pretty popular artist, so yeah, could have okay. could have that there as well. Well, my last hops is one of my favorite overload cards out there, and it's not Cyclonic oh. Rift. We are talking the winds of abandon. Put it on I the love, wind! I love this card. Colorless white, which you will never cast it for. <laughs> for three rare. Uh, it's a little under $3, and it states, Exile target creature you don't control. For each creature exiled this way, its controller searches their library for a basic land card. Those players put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle their libraries. 
Now you might say, Mr. Combo, if it said exile target creature, why do we care about each creature exiled this way? Well, because mother effers, it has overload. Four colorless, white, white. You change it from target to each creature you don't control. So it's basically an overloaded path to exile. And this card's amazing. I yeah. love it. It's sorcery speed, so nobody can get pissed that you tried to whoopsie daisy them like you do with Rift. Whoopsie daisy um, something. It's basic lands. I mean, granted, I don't know if the, how relevant that's going to be at this next stream, but uh, it's a thing. I really like it. And it's from your favorite set of all time to, to put the cherry on top. It's from Modern Horizons 1. Uh, I, I do too. And I think like when, I think some people are like, well, they get to get free lands. It's like kind of, but at the same token, if you're playing against like a more powerful meta, they're going to be running fewer basics. And by the time you cast this for its overload cost, they may only have three in their deck, right? And then they mm -hmm. fail to find and there's no outside. Um, I also agree that this is the, this is like a nuke button, right? You're not just doing this casually. This is like, okay, we're about to, we're about to die. We need to wipe it out. I don't care if they get all yep. the lands. They're out all their creatures. Yeah. And I believe you cast this card during that game, right? I did. Yep. And what? There you uh, go. Proof of the pudding. Did, did the person with the most creatures able to get a basic land for each of those creatures? Uh, no, I think because I think Sir Nathan had uh, several tokens, and I think he ran out of basics to find. But see, wow. that's where I think this card honestly is a slam dunk. A lot of people think, "Oh, I'm going to do it, and everyone's going to get a basic land for every creature." But it's like, guys, they got to have them in their deck. Yeah. Like every time I've cast this, two of my three opponents have been like, "Well, I only have four left." Or only right. and you and you wiped them for fifteen creatures or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you what do you got? Yeah, and um, the last thing I will say on the card we were just talking about is if anybody like this person I'm sitting with happens to be playing Nasty Eldrazi's Exile is a pretty good way. Oh to go. yeah, that's just mean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one that I'm going to talk about is also a white enchantment uh, from the new Modern Horizons. Um, it is Solitary Confinement. So oh, right. Two colorless and a white. Uh, you get a rare enchantment, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice solitary confinement unless you discard a card. Skip your draw step. You have shroud. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. So this makes me like untouchable, essentially. And with the amount of cards yeah. that I'm drawing, I am I have something to pitch to keep it on board. Right, and you can always pitch your basic lands or something along those lines, right? Like there's always something to do with this. Um, this card, I. Mr. Combo, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't this used to be like 15 bucks, and now it's 21 cents for the foil? I don't know. You don't know that one? The only thing I was going to say is actually I don't, like, I don't like this card a ton. Really? Because, well, you got to discard a card, and sure. you skip a step. So it's actually you're down two, two cards every upkeep to basically have this shroud prevent all damage. So, Marketing Ross, is this a card that... <gasps> You hold in hand oh. until it's like you have multiple draw engines. And it's like, hey, I'm drawing like 10 a rotation. I can be down a card and not draw one. Like, do you have to wait? Yeah, I wouldn't play it right off the bat. I would want, um, like you said, I would want a value engine in place. But then I would also want a pretty good grip of cards. Like Chuck was saying, to discard a basic land okay. or something else I don't need. Hmm. Interesting. I thought you were going to ask the hollowed question of, has this ever bitten you in the ass? But he wouldn't know. He's only played the deck once. That's, that's what I was going to say. It's like, wait, I don't think he would even know that the answer to that question. Well, Tuck, you said you're possibly going to get us canceled. Um, I assume this means people are running away together. But what no, is your... Uh, it's way worse than that. I was going to do something about, like, either... I, 
the 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 funnier not canceled version would have been something about like Hurricane Katrina and Kanye West. Oh my God. Um, but I think we're kind of we're probably getting down dangerous territory there. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and skip all that. But I do think this card is actually sweet, and I'd never heard of it before. And it's a piece of magic history. Reparations. So colorless, colorless white and a blue for an enchantment. Um, it's around five dollars. It is on the reserved list, so pick them up all you can. And it's pretty straightforward. Whenever an opponent successfully casts a spell that targets you or a creature you control, you may draw a card. Just like, com- just complete gas, right? Like, but here's the thing, though, Tuck. I think what? there's flavor text there, and our guests would like you to read it. And what for? What? In what voice? Just because it's hilarious. Just, just in Tuck voice. Just in Tuck oh, voice. Okay. Uh, uh, um, here we go. I'll do. I'll, I've been working on my NASCAR impression. So. Uh, 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 uh. Well, hey there, sweetie pie. Sorry I burned down your village. Here's some gold. <laughs> it you. is. I think it's. I, I don't like the flavor text. This is a huge mismatch between flavor text and uh, what the card does. Well, yeah. the, and like the art, right? Like the flavor text sounds like this is some sort of brigand mercenary, like devil may care cop. Was like, sorry, I shot your kid. Here's a lot of bloody dear dollars. Right. But then the picture is like some monk being like, Oh, this is holy money. Whatever. Yeah. But if you zoom in on the picture, you can actually see smoke and fire no, I'm not, in the right section. I'm not debating that. I'm just saying like, it's, it should be like our majesty blesses you with this gold. Not just like, ah, here you go. Here's a bucket of gold. Uh, anyway, this card is awesome is what I want to get at. Right. Um, I think like the target, like targeting you, we've discussed before, Mr. Combo is like, not, that's not worth it. But the fact this also gives you a free draw for any of your creatures. Um, also whenever they cast, you also get another free draw from Norn. So effectively this gives you two free draws on anything that they cast to try to remove a creature. Um, and for three mana, it's a pretty low investment. So if you draw your three cards off this, right, you're already kind of in the money in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of enchantments in here. Have you thought about putting in some more like enchantment boogaloo stuff? No, I actually did. Yeah, I was looking at like Mesa Enchantress and things like that just ah, to draw yeah. extra cards, but I ended up cutting those just to actually reduce the creature count to get some of this more mm. cutesy stuff in. So ah, it, it, okay. to, your, to your point, this might actually be a bit of a nombo because the number of creatures I have is small, but I I just love this card. Fair enough. I'm I'm here for it. All right. Well, guys, that is going to wrap up the hot profile. Now we're going to head over to how this deck claps back and wins. Uh, Big Tuck, what do you got? Okay. Uh, So I think this is a really good card where you could really trick someone into doing something that they don't want to because it costs so precious little and it could target anyone and they could do it at any time. And I think this is something that you, you can use a lot of your leftover resources for. Uh, mm-hmm. and we do have a match here. Are you ready? Three. Maybe. Which, which very, which varietal do you have? The, the fun one. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let's go. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Land's edge. Land's yeah. Oh, a colorless and a double red for an enchant world. What's it say? Marketing Ross. Any player may choose and discard a card from his or her hand at any time. If that player discards a land, Land's Edge deals two damage to the target player of that player's choice. This wow. is how he killed me. Wait, is it this card yeah. in particular or the other one? Yep. This specific okay. one. I also love how, so I, like there is some backfiring here. Like if you're playing someone who's running like a reanimator or 
uh, like an Angie Falcon Rat deck, they can just discard their hand at will, which is kind of silly. But I just love the fact that it's any player, right? Like this is me. Like I love being like, hey, hey guys, that uh, that uh, you know, Land of War Elves is really causing us some is really causing us a pain in the ass. Like why don't you just burn it? Come on, hey, that Planeswalker's getting up, right? Hey, that guy needs a little taste now. This is a little bit. This is a way that could potentially get rid of Norn, right? Because they're not casting a spell or targeting. So, or they're not um, casting a spell or attacking. Well, and, well, and, but you can only target a player. You can't. It's not target anything. Oh, it's it's not target anything. Oh, it's just a player. No. Oh, my yeah. bad. I got. I lost that target player. Okay, never mind. Because, yeah, the other one can target a creature, so it could end up backfiring. The seismic assault. Right. Um, so that one could backfire, but like you said, this one is a good political engine late game because you can say, hey, those extra lands that you have in your hand, why play them when you could deal two damage to Mr. Combo? Exactly, right? It's for free. Or it was like, hey, I'm about to die. I guess I'll just discard a bunch of stuff. And like, I think Ross, I was going to get him down to one. Uh, and then he was like, no, I'll just kill you instead. No way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love and, it. And so I actually, I actually closed out the game with this card because I was drawing cards. And I had my hand in two separate piles. All of my lands I was keeping over in this pile. And then the cards I was going to play, I was holding in my hand. And so we oh. got down towards the end. And I was like, uh, Sir Nathan, I'm going to discard 15 lands. <laughs> Blasted. Love Blasted. It. Wow. Well, since you guys matched on that, I'm going to talk about the more boring one. But it's only because I got to see it with the Genesis Chamber. But... Uh, we got a trimmer, and it comes from Impacts. We're talking Impacts. <laughs> Very Figure simple. it out. One and two. Uh, colorless red enchantment, whatever creature ETBs under your control that deals one damage to each opponent. Um, the way that this build is with Norin and the tokens and all this, anything that's going to be whenever you draw a card or whenever a permanent enters your battlefield, you should probably have it in the deck because um, that's what this deck's going to do a yeah. ton of. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, and just for everyone, make sure everyone's in the know, there is a new creature out there that does something very similar for this. So keep your eye on that one, if you know what I mean. I, I don't? What, what do you mean? It's going to keep keep your eye on it, you know? Like, uh, like, like I'm going to... You got to use a little... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, let's go with Marketing Ross. What is your final yeast card you want to talk about? Um, okay, so this one is a uh, particular god that I think Tuck has some somewhat of an affinity for. Um, but I was really sad I didn't get to play this in the game that we played. Um, but I'm talking the Locust God. So oh, four sure. And is it uh, blue and red for a legendary creature god? Four, is it? 4-4. Four, four. Is it? It is. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. No! <laughs> um, so the Locust God has flying. Um, but more importantly, whenever you draw a card, create a 1-1 one, one blue and red insect creature token with flying and haste. Uh, he also has, you can pay two red and a blue, draw a card and discard a card. And then whenever he dies, return it to the owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So we've talked about how many cards that I will potentially be drawing in this deck. And much like Genesis Chamber, this is just a way to build a small army. Real sick. I think this is, this is, is this a new, I don't like this card. I mean, I, it's too good. Right. And I had it as a deck that was not fun to play with. Is this, is this another one I need to put on my like bit list, Mr. Combo? I don't know like, about uh, bit list. Cause here's the thing. I, it's, it's a good card. It does cost six. It costs a lot. It's not in colors that ramps like green. Um, it's only making one ones. It's not like a two, two Drake with haste or anything. Um, his activated ability costs four to literally draw the yeah, discard. That sucks. 
And then um, when he dies, I mean, it goes to the hand. It's not mm. even like he can come back out to the battlefield, you know, at the okay. end of the next All turn right. or something like that. So for me, it's a good card. It's not like this. Oh my god, Locust God! All right, I like. Yeah, maybe, I think I can. I think I can do better. I think I can do better for my wrath, my furnace of wrath. Yeah, <laughs> and he can be exiled. So mm-hmm. it's only if he dies that he goes back to your hand. Oh sure. Yep. All right, well, Tuck, what is your final yeast card? Uh, so the reason why I put two and two together about where all these cards came from is because I thought this was oddly similar to another card, that another deck that you own. Uh, but this, I think this is still a banger in here. Uh, obviously talking about our old pal Shabraz, the Sky Shark, a.k.a. this is Lava Boy. Shark Girl, right? Because yep. it's Lava right. Boy Shark and Shark yep. Girl. Right. It's Shark so, Boy. Shark boy, that's shark right. boy. So yeah, the shark was the boy. The girl was the lava. Well, normally it's shark girl and lava boy, right? It's shark boy and lava girl, but in my case, <laughs> it's shark boy and lava Merle. Merle, okay. Also a dude. Merle, what? Okay, no. Anyway, so three oh, sh- sh- Shabras, the sky shark, three colors and Zorius. That's a white and a blue for a three three flyer that partners suspiciously missing from the deck. Uh, with Brawlin, the Sky Shark Rider, it has flying. Whenever you draw a card, put a 1 1 counter on Shabraz. The Sky Shark can gain a life. And then for a mix of white and blue, uh, the hybrid there, target human gains flying until end of turn. So I, I guess you can give Norn flying and start getting in with that commander damage. No, That's he would nice get scared away with no, 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 because it's not tar- Well, oh, yeah, he can't attack. Yeah, because a creature attacks, he would just be like, I'm going to come hit you. I don't know. Yeah. Great point. Um, so yeah, I think this card's a, a real beast master um, and a real beefy boy. I is there a reason? Do you just not see yourself discarding enough cards to factor in uh, the the writer with them? Yeah, and uh, combo actually asked me the same question before the cast. But um, yeah, so I'm not discarding, and the way that I'm drawing cards is not not in wheel effects for the most part. Right. So. In general, I won't be discarding much other than those lands when we get to that mm-hmm. end game. Um, so, I mean, I get the free shuffle and fail to find Brawlin, but uh, overall, I'm not trying to discard my hand. Yeah, see, okay. and I, I kind of looked at it from the opposite of just like, well, if Shabraz is this key to the deck, do you just put in Brawlin? Because that's a free tutor for right. Shabraz. Um, but, I mean, clearly this deck doesn't need any help because it's doing just fine. <laughs> Well, uh, my last card is a card I had to gut check Ross on because it was in the grain section. And I was like, are you Oof. doing it? Because you're going to pay seven to gain seven and never cast it again. But it was a mistake. We are talking Approach of the Second Sun. Uh, and this is a deck that very easily could cast this card. Um, if Approach was cast from your hand um, and you've cast another spell named Approach of the Second Sun this game, you win the game. Otherwise, put it uh, into its owner's library, seventh from the top, and you gain seven life. Pretty easy, guys. If he needs to be able to win, draw on a crap ton of cards, play this. Did you, wait, did you intentionally put that in the grain? No, I, I pulled a big tuck. Oh, fair enough. So you, <laughs> just, so you just missed it when you're going through your sorting? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, this is really solid. Now, how many card, how many decks do you have this in? Probably two. I think I have, I have two copies or maybe three copies of it. Um, and I've kept it in the aforementioned deck, the Shark Boy and Lava Merle, just because I'm also drawing a lot of cards. Right. Um, some of the other decks, uh, it's it's a little too boring of a win sometimes, yeah. so I've ended up pulling it. Do you still have that cycling deck? <laughs> I do, yeah. Okay. That's the other one it's in, right? Yeah, that's the one that yeah. got pulled out. Oh, it's smart. Yeah, that is kind of cheating, so that makes sense. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the East Package, and now we're going to head over to the Spice 
Only four options. Marketing Ross, you get to start. What is the first spice you want to speak about? All right. Uh, I'm going to just continue on trend and choose another white enchantment. Hey, um, yeah, we are. All right. Let's Three, go. Two, one. Pursuit, Pursuit of knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> uh, this is a. You have to do all the reading because I'm because ty- I'm I'm typing and my voice hurts. Yeah. It's a common enchantment from I believe Stronghold. Um, and then Chuck, do you want to read it? Ah, fine. Uh, so you can skip drawing a card and put a study counter on Pursuit of Knowledge. Remove three study counters from Pursuit of Knowledge. Sacrifice Pursuit of Knowledge. Draw seven cards. Yowza. So e- <laughs> it's so easy. Again, one turn cycle for a free one-sided wheel without the discard part. Exactly. Yeah. So I put it in Spice. Uh, it's probably a grain, but I put it in Spice because where else are you going to run a, an effect like this where <laughs> you're in, in white yeah. and don't want to draw cards? But um yeah, I, like you said, um, I can skip drawing three cards and then end up drawing seven. So, Right. And I guess it's kind of in spice because you can only use it once, right? Yeah. Like you, That's actually where I was going to say it's a fine spice because it is one-time use. You don't mm-hmm. have like all of Heliod's generosity to be able to pull enchantments back out of the graveyard. So, yeah, it's it's one of those cards that it's like if you're, if you got, if you're at 101, 102, and 103, you could say like, do I really want it to effectively draw four extra cards because that's what it is right just getting four extra or would i rather have this other game winner this removal spell this counter magic something like that well you guys know what i did <laughs> you did are you serious hell yeah i'll throw up the brood uh, i don't even need to take notes at this point <sighs> uh colorless artifact best card in magic it is now uh five dollars and sixty cents Whenever another permanent ATB is under your control, each opponent takes the top card of his or her library and puts it into their graveyards. You're uh, sick. You're Nord. sick, MC5. You're sick. Oh, my God. I love this. I love it. Because this, with the Psychic Corrosion, every rotation, everyone's milling like 12 to 15% of their deck. That is disgusting. I, no, I do have to give you some credit that you've, 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 you've stuck. This is no credit to you, uh, Marketing Ross. Shame on you. Uh, so this is more for Mr. Combo. Like you have stuck with this card since day one of this podcast and however many years later. And I think, so Ross to you, if we, if we had been talking about this card nonstop for on the better part of four years, would this have made the cut still? Well, actually better question. If we hadn't talked about this card for the last four years, you think you would know it existed? So hindsight's twenty twenty, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would, I would venture to say that I would have known about it. Um, Mill has always been like one of those uh, those mechanics that I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, and it's really hard to pull off in EDH. Uh, yeah. So like when Jumpstart started and uh, they showed Bruvac, I was yeah. like, oh my god, this this is my dude. Um, but yeah, so Mill has always been a strategy that I find interesting. So I probably would have found it, but. Um, not to the level of your guys's <laughs> fanaticism. That, that is not what I'm <laughs> Fanaticism of Altar of the Brood. This, you have, there has to be, I think, I think this podcast is responsible for at least two of those $5 this card costs. It has to be. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it was Bruvac and oh, Bruvac did not. I can't remember if Bruvac was on a uh, Game Nights. And if so, if Alter the Brood, because that might have been another reason, like, oh, my God, they played it. Oh, yeah, it has to be, it has to be good. Those scumbags. I'm coming for you, Jimmy. 
All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, these are going to be presented by Big Tuck and I for Marketing Ross, where we're going to cut three cards each from the deck and add a card for under five, under 50, and a no budget recommendation. So, Big Tuck, why don't you start? What's the first card you want to cut and why? And what card do you want to add? So, I am going to cut. Um... I am actually going to cut a big gal, uh, and I'm going to cut Aspira Supreme Judge. So two colorless, double white, double blue for a 6-4 flyer. Whenever a creature attacks you or a Planeswalker you control, you may draw a card. I I have always thought this card was very cute, but I have never... I've seen people run as their commanders. I've seen it all over the place, and for me personally, I've never seen this go off in the way that people want it to, right? Um, it either gets destroyed if you're at that point or something else. So. I don't know. It, it just didn't really, it never really jumped out at me. Um, but what did jump out at me is a, a kind of card that you can use to protect your board and then also trigger uh, trigger a Farah if for some reason you don't have Norn. I have no idea when that would be, but perhaps this is the case. I think Guardian of Faith is a really interesting inclusion in here. So colorless double white for a creature spirit knight, flash and vigilance. When there's a battlefield, any number of other target creatures you control phase out. So obviously they can't be the target of spells or abilities the next turn. So for me, I think this is more of this card would be really good, like a normal affair deck, but I do like the fact that it's a free sort of heroic intervention sort of effect for your creatures where they get to go out. And then when they come in, you know, affairs automatically got trigger off of that. Um, just thought, just thought like that could be an interesting inclusion to keep your board around. And if you want to uh, get the uh, Dungeons and Dragons stamp one, you can get that for $40 and 72 cents. A, pul a poultry $40. I think that's the cheapest one that we've seen on this, on the cast. Or you could just get one without the stupid ass logo for three. It's, it really yeah, is silly yeah. why those things are so expensive. Yeah. So, uh, Chuck, I'm with you. Uh, I would happily cut Asperia. Um, she, she's one. I have the, uh, the guilds right. printing of her and I've always just thought it was, Kind of beautiful artwork and it's sat in my binder over and over and over and so for this one i was like hey it draws cards it does what i want yeah so i threw it in yeah there. so yeah i'm good with that cut see i actually like asperia because it's whenever a creature so if someone hits you with 10 yeah walls, they come in with the tokens yeah. draws, um and we've seen all the synergies in here the thing that's interesting about guardian of faith i i like it um i just I don't know. Like, I, I guess, Tuck, you do kind of have a point. I mean, we do have Teferi's Protection in here. Um, but I don't know if there's going to be enough creatures we're going to want to phase out, I guess, is the issue. Because anything that happens, Norin is almost unkillable sure. for the most part. And it's like, I don't know, are we using this on a Fara Because she's now a creature. Um, I, 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 I would I'm think like this would be more like late game you're holding up, right? Like you have the you have the Nib-Mizzets out, you have your Psychosis Crawler, those sort of things that are kind of your big haymaker payoffs mm -hmm. or drawing cards. Just kind of a free way to keep them around potentially. That's fair. Yeah. And you did bring up a really good point, uh, Chuck, when you said if Noren's not around for whatever reason. I can tell you a very specific reason he might not be around is if somebody stifles me while he is away from the table. Wait, did that I, happen? It didn't, but it could. So if oh. somebody ends the turn while Norrin has taken his leave, he does not come back. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's incredible. But the thing is, though, this wouldn't save you from that because he'd already be in exile and then they stifle, so it still doesn't help you. That's true, because he can't be phased out if he's yeah. gone. Wait, uh, 
you could okay if someone plays Shieldred, which is the only other way that you could easily get rid of of Norn, then you could play this, and then he'd Actually, phase guys, out. Hold on, this literally doesn't work. It literally cannot work. Whenever a player casts a spell, you flashing this in is you casting a spell. You cannot phase out Norn. Right, but I'm saying you could still save Norn at flash speed for three mana. No, so, he can't. No, but I'm saying like you play. So okay, shoulder trigger on the stack, right? You pay three mana. You flash in this guy. Norn, oh, okay. Norn's gone. Norn's exiled, and then you sacrifice sure. that one. Yeah. So okay, so we're talking literally for like upkeep sacrifice niche. For Norn specifically, yes. But for these okay, other creatures, okay. it's any other time. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, well, my under five, I actually wanted to cut Azur the Lawbringer. Dang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this ain't good. This ain't good. Um, and it's, it's more because sweaty. of so two, two colorless, white, white, blue, blue. Legendary creature Sphinx, 6-6. Six, six. It does flying when it ETBs. Each opponent can't cast instant or sorcery spells during that player's next turn. I don't think it's that relevant. Whenever Azur attacks, you may pay X, white, blue, blue. If you do gain X, draw X. You have to be able to attack with it. You're literally dumping all your mana in your turn into it, um, kind of hurting any interaction you have. Um, it's just a little little too cute and expensive for me. But a card I thought would actually work out a lot better because it's similar to a Fara, because it's on everyone's turn, is Karanos, God of Storms. Oh. Is it? And yes, it is three colorless, white, blue, or a wow, white, blue, blue, red. Uh, legendary enchantment creature god. It's a six five indestructible for about four dollars and forty four cents. Devotion to red and blue. If it's less than seven, it's not a creature. Reveal the first card you draw on each of your turns. Whenever you reveal a land card this way, draw cards. So we're getting extra draw. Whenever you reveal a non land card this way, Karanos deals three damage to target creature or player. So I thought this could be a nice way that we're lightning bolting stuff. We're getting an extra right. card draw. We have this big, beefy, indestructible body. I don't know if he'll ever be a creature, kind of like we talked about Afara, probably never being a creature. Yep. But I thought this kind of gets you that additional value. Yeah, I, I'm for it. I'll uh, sphinx about it. Um, <laughs> don't hell. But, Mr. <laughs> but, but Sean, or damn it, Mr. Co Mr. Combo, you're going to have to take that, you're gonna take that one to the Shears uh T-coats. Just think with with uh with, with uh Azor the Longbringer, you get to Sphinx's tutelage or Sphinx's revelation every turn. Think of the value. No, it was I it was a coin it was a coin flip between either Spira or Azor. I can tell you that much. Yeah. So so it, uh, Azor lived in the exact same binder right next to Asperia. Oh, nice. <laughs> and that's where they're going. Yep. <laughs> right. We'll cut under fifty dollar cut and ad. Okay, so I'm gonna cut um. Onifrage, of Onifrage. I don't know the the squid illusion in your oh, yeast package for three colors and a blue. Um, it's a one two flyer. Whenever you draw a card, you put a one one counter on it. Uh, I think it's fine. I just it's gonna it's gonna die to removal, right? Like it doesn't, and it's not commander or anything like that. So I, oh, I think like it. the psychosis crawlers of the world do a little bit more gas for you. But I like that idea of the one one counters when you draw the cards, right? But what if we could get that instead on any creature you control? What do you think about that? I'm because listening. with a card called Wizard's Clap, Wizard's, Wizard's Glass, <laughs> Wizard's Glass, Wizard's, Wizard's Glass, Clap of a Wizard, <laughs> Wizard's Glass, you sure can. So uh, it's a buck 21 and it's got, uh, it's an enchantment class for one blue. So first off, you automatically have no maximum hand size, right? So I think that one's really strong. Um, you have your library Lang effect in here already. I almost cut that for this one. 
because I don't know how much discard there's going to be out there. But anyway, so then level two, two colorless and a blue. When it becomes level two, you draw two cards. So bad divination, right? Like you, if you have mana sitting around, it's kind of good to go there. But finally, when you get to level four, when you get to level five, four and a blue, whenever you draw a card, put a one, one counter on target creature you control. So I, it doesn't really work that well in burst draws, which is where I don't think you'd see it in like a lot of Locust God decks, but you're going to be drawing a card with, the, with, uh, Etheria Norn rigmaroles, right? So it wouldn't be surprised to me that you could put this on your Nib-Mizzet. You could put this on one of your other creatures out here that are just like, you know, utility creatures. They get huge and then you start slamming in for them and they already have the, they already have their own effect on them. Nice. Yeah. Um, w- while you were talking, I leaned over to Mr. Combo and said, five bucks says that he picks Chasm Skulker. <laughs> oh, that would be a good one too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with Wizards class, uh, what are they called? Phases? Levels? Uh, level yeah, level levels, one. Yeah. I really like level one. Um, no maximum hand size. That's what I'm trying to do anyway. And for one mana, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Level two is doesn't feel great, but it would, you know, like you said, in a pinch, if you don't have anything to do with your mana, you could draw some cards. Um, the only thing I don't like about the plus one counters is a lot of my creatures aren't actually attacking that much. So like the Niv-Mizzets, the Psychosis Crawlers, they're mostly there just to ping as I draw cards, but I like the ability to do something extra with the card draw. So it would, I would almost say you look at this recommendation as like a, okay, do I feel like I need more maximum hand size options? And if it's like, you know what, I might be a little light or I could always use maximum hand size. And it's like, okay. Well, if it's just one mana, no maximum hand size, would you run that? And if it's like, yeah, I probably would run that, then I think you run this just fine. And then if you never yep. even activate it, yep. maybe it just ends up being bait for someone like removal sure. bait. Like, oh, I don't know. Should I level up or not? Even though in your head, you're like, I'm never going to fucking do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It don't matter. It, it, it don't matter. All right. Well, my under 50, I'm cutting the big blue dinosaur. It's all <gasps> you, primal tie. You hate this card. It's not good. Bastard. Sorry. Five colorless blue blue legendary creature elder dinosaur. It's a seven seven. It should also be elder whale. Don't know why. Or elder fish. He's I'd a, go yeah, for that. There were definitely aquatic. Yeah, but he doesn't even look like a dinosaur. He just looks like a serpent were, sea were creature. You, were you around to see what they look like? I've seen Jurassic Park, and those are <laughs> accurate. It should be uh, okay. It should be counter. elder dinosaur serpent. There you go. There we go. Yeah, they love tagging a bunch of fucking words on there. Yeah, Let's the, the meaningless tribes. Uh, so this says the spell can't be countered. I think that's irrelevant. You have no maximum hand size for seven mana, but hell no. Uh, whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, draw a card. Okay, but you're relying on your opponents to play what you need to draw cards. Discard three cards. Exile Nizal Primal Tide. Return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Also think that's irrelevant. Because it's irrelevant. So I just don't like it. I think it's trash. But better is a way more boring card. Uh, We're talking a Sphinx. I get a Sphinx back? You do get a Sphinx back. And you get to concentrate with that Sphinx. Oh, Uh, come on! Don't even. He's in a card draw deck. You have to have this in the deck. Consecrated Sphinx, four colorless blue blue, creature Sphinx. The cheapest copy now is $47. Get this. This <laughs> is one of the even. secret layers. I've seen be one of the more expensive printings. If you want the secret layer, it's $56. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it has flying. Whenever an opponent draws a card, you may draw two cards. A, it's a may effect. You don't run the Labman Jace thing. So you would never be forced. Because, you know, sometimes 
if it's like not a May, it's like, hey, I'm just going to draw 30 because then they have to draw 60 and they're going to deck themselves. Like they can't control it. This, you get to choose like, ah, I'm good. Um, it's going to trigger a lot of your stuff. And now if we go off just, if your opponents draw one card, Consecrated Sphinx and Norn and Afara. Norn and Afara are always going to be out there. So I do want to say this. It sounds like Magical Christmas Land, but the way this deck operates, they are always there. Yep. So with those three, once a rotation, this guy is drawing 12 cards at bare minimum. That is insanity. I think the interesting thing with Consecrated Sphinx is that this card has been like an, an EDH boogeyman since the format was invented, right? And you see a mm-hmm. lot of cards kind of fall off like Woodfall Primus or, um, I don't know, Shouldered the Whispering One, right? Who, Rampaging Bayloths. Yeah, well, that card always is trash, uh, as, <laughs> as we all know on this very podcast. But it's a great example. But I think like there's like these boogeyman cards where as soon as someone played them, you're like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing, right? Like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And so many of them have fallen off, except for this one, right? Like this card is still so busted and so good in so many different decks. Yeah, I, I can't be mad at this pick at all. Um, <laughs> do you have one? I, I, yeah, I actually do. I have the, the Secret Lair one. There we oh, go. Hell yeah. Um, well, the Secret Lair one was a banger because I think that was the charity one yeah, or the yeah. one that they, yeah, I think it was a charity Ex- one. Life. It had that, Teferi's Protection in there. It was a banger. Yeah. Wow, that was a good one. But, but yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say, <laughs> but that's a, a great swap. So, <laughs> all right, Tuck, we're here to make this man poor so he cannot send his daughter to college. What is the no budget cut and ad? All right, I'm a coward. I'm also cutting Azur. I switched it last minute. <laughs> You coward. I said it. I'm a coward. All right. Is that what you're, are you happy? Yeah. Can we, can we change instead of fellow host, like as your creature type, it's just creature type coward, coward, host type coward. Uh, I was going to cut a different card, but I think I need it for the end plan. So we were in Azur, same thing. It was going to, it was going to cut that or Spiria. So why not both? Um, and then this way we get to keep, we have to make marketing Ross, make the hard decisions on what cards deck, but so you're going to be drawing so many cards. And originally I was going to cut, I was going to cut seismic assault because I just thought that, um, I think that lands edge is a cuter card, but I think you need them both for the discard because we're drawing cards left, right, and center, right? We have so many in our hand. We have piles of discard. What if you discard an instant speed down to exactly 13? <laughs> Close out the game with this, with this young lady, Triskaidekaphile. Colorless to the blue, creature, human, wizard, redacted bit. You have no, you, you have no maximum hand size. Boom. Already better than, uh, what was the, uh, the, the sea serpent. Oh, yeah. the, the, the sea, the sea, there you go. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have exactly 13 cards in your hand, you win the game. Three colors and a blue draw card for 56 cents for the fancy, uh, alternate art version too. So Talk you have something that, to do with your mana. Hand, but it might not be my own. Yes. It's 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 referencing the flavor text for you. Uh, That's that's a great pick as well. Yeah, that's really good. You just need to have like I thought as soon as I was thinking about it, like I was like, you're going to be able to figure out you're going to be able to control how much you draw. Right. Um, And then if you have like your land's edge or your your uh, seismic assault, you can just dump them out of your hand down to exactly what you need. So now I actually have a question before Ross responds to it. Oh. This card, it is a beginning of upkeep, so you do have to wait for that. Yep. But wouldn't this just be as big of a boogeyman in a card draw deck as Labman? Like, people see Labman and they freak out and go at you. I would think Triska, Triska Decafile would be that same trigger, right? I, 
I think it will be. Um, the, the anything that says like the win the game clause on it, I think automatically just kind of jumps out into people's like subconscious, right? Except for approach um, of the second time because that's trash. <laughs> Wait, which one? Oh, approach of the second approach. time. You're just sad because it didn't work in Savine because you and I, you and I both forgot how rules work. We're both guilty. Yeah, of that. I'm just hey, listen, look. I'm not saying I'm not blameless in in this calamity, right? We were both there. We both thought it was going to be great. Um, so yes, I think that Triskaidekaphile is, is just as scary. I think it's just harder to abuse, right? Like that's the, in my opinion, that's the only thing that's different is that. It's, okay. But I think I think this card is going to get more valuable as the future goes. Also, because as I learned uh, during our stream on Monday, it's not three colorless and a blue and tap. It's not three colorless and a blue, and you can do this once per turn. You, for four mana, you can keep drawing to your heart's content, which is kind of wild on a creature. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does everything we want to do here, so I like it. And maybe it'll eat, eat the removal, so I get to keep my uh, Consecrated Sphinx. Well, yeah, exactly. It eats the removal. You draw a card from from uh, Reparations. You're off to the races. <laughs> All right. Here we go. And mine's oh, a double one. Andy. So the first thing, though, we are going to cut, because this card is not good for this deck, Dragon Lord Ochitai. Three colorless Azorius, legendary creature, Elder Dragon. It's a 5-4 for two bucks. That's flying, and it has hexproof as long as it's untapped. Cool. You've already said you're barely attacking. So it's like, it'll always have hexproof. Awesome. Whenever it deals combat damage, well, that's disadvantageous to attacking. Um, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one into your hand, the rest on the bottom. You don't even draw the cards! Like... Was this just binder bullshit? You put something I in here? I was, was sneaking suspicion this was just lying around in a binder somewhere. I love it. it. I'm here for it. You don't have to tell me about that. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Wait, were okay. these three all lying right next to each other? Yeah, they were They were in my binder living next to each other in loneliness. Well, um, and, I, you know, it was like, uh, I could filter the top three cards. Cute. It's a real, so, it's a real, I'm, it's going to be a real threes, threes company situation here in a minute. Once we're done right, with this deck. All right. So here we go. First first card we should add, Zender Split Eye of Wisdom. Ooh. Four colorless blue. You can get it for about a dollar. It's a legendary creature, Homunculus, 1-4. Um, at the beginning of combat on your turn, flip a coin until you lose. Whenever a player wins a coin flip, draw a card. That seems really, really good. And it does partner, and you can run it in here with Akun, which is not my second, my other spicy one. But, you know, Akun, four colorless red. Whenever you flip a coin, you actually double its power and toughness until end of turn. They tutor each other. Akun pairs yeah. well with that. That one draws you cards. This guy can go into the red zone and basically destroy people. I mean, I've seen Akun kill people one turn after he's come out just because of all the coin flipping. And that doubles your coin flips. So I think that's worth looking into. So I'll pause real quick. Don't want to hear from Tuck yet, but Ross, Zender split at minimum. Do you think that it's too cute because you only get the card draws if you win the coin flips? Or do you think that's something that would be helpful? So going back to the idea of being the uh, arch enemy. Yeah. If I wasn't annoying people enough with drawing extra cards, <laughs> why not annoy them more by flipping coins over? And, over? and yes. then you put day and night in your deck too. So yeah, and, the mon and don't forget about Monarch, right? Like there's so many, so many more annoying things you and can do. And figure out some way to get Infect in there. Yes. I mean, just yeah. come on. Perfect. No, but... Uh, Honestly, like you said, I'm not really using my combat step, mm -hmm. so this is a way to utilize it without actually attacking. So yeah. I, so I like that. Yeah, and I if you because the one thing people always forget, it's each of them trigger coin flips, but they both see each other's coin flips. So it's like if you did decide to add the big boy a coon, 
it's like, well, even if I never attack, now this is double card draw opportunities. So that's the one. This one is another partner, but you cannot put its partner in the deck because it's Simic. But I think Toothy would be awesome for this deck. Oh, yeah, sure. Toothy Imaginary Friend. Ooh, I got goosebumps saying that. Uh, It's $9, (laughs) and it's three-colorless blue legendary creature Illusion. It's a 1-1. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus-one, plus-one counter on Toothy Imaginary Friend. When it leaves the battlefield, doesn't even have to die. Leaves the battlefield, draw a card for each plus-one, plus-one counter on it. Not Not before Tuck. Ross, thoughts? Not bad at all. Uh, we talked about with like the Locust God, it's okay. only if he dies. Yeah. I like on this one, it's no matter how he leaves, we get the trigger. So yeah. I, I mean, I'm for it. All right, Tuck. You've heard both of them. Did I go a little too crazy? No. I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, we've seen two, I've seen people, I've seen Toothy just run wild at other decks. I think I have him in Nekuzar, um, and he's a freaking beating. Zender Split's fun. I, I the only the only thing I would say this is that if you're going to run Zender Split, I think you should make room for Okun as well, just because they work so well together and are kind of like a win yeah. con in and of themselves. Uh, so yeah, no, I, like trust me, Mister Kama, we've worked together long enough that we've worked and played and built each other decks long enough that you know if I can put in if I can force stupid things that other people have to do and pay attention to into a deck, I'm here for it. Like I don't need any further convincing. Well, and here's the cool thing with your wizard class pick. I know you were kind of down on the last activation on it. With Toothy, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you put all the yeah, yeah. on it, and when it eventually leaves, because people have to kill it, you're going to get all those extra card draws. Well done. Boom. I like it. Boom. And with that, Suck guys, it. we're at the end of the episode. Thanks Woo! for hanging out. And if you want to, uh, you know, let us know how we did, follow Smash that subscribe button. Uh, leave us a five star. Leave a cute little comment. Uh, let us know what you thought of Marketing Ross's deck. Heck, even join our amazing community and talk to us in our Brews and Builds Discord server. But if you'd like to get a hold of us, maybe ask some questions in our socials, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Comment number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck, did someone have a birthday this week? Sorry, uh, trick question. Everyone has birthdays every week. No, I got one. Yesterday, it was uh, very topical. If you guys read the tabloids, it was Amber Heard's birthday yesterday. No way! Yeah! <laughs> Bl- oh, that, that'd be great. Did you listen to the so the recordings from the court? I've only seen a few. Um, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's today. Hey, happy birthday, April. Amber Heard. April 22nd. Look at that. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, it's insane. Like, especially, it, it's like a joke. It's like a Tim and Eric sketch, right? Where they're like, oh, here's a picture of him passed out with ice cream in between his legs. It's like, you guys are using this to discuss millions of dollars <laughs> for no reason. Did you guys, oh, also, so last thing I'll say on that. Did you guys know that Johnny Depp had this like crippling wine addiction where he'd spend like 60? 60- you have <laughs> talked about this on air at least 10 times over the last like three years, four years. <laughs> I just think it's it's that important. Go, tell your tell your story. What does Johnny Webb Johnny Depp do with his wine addiction? He spends sixty thousand dollars a month on it at his worst. And I believe he owns a town in France. Oh yeah, that we, produces wine as well. We did, we did look that. We did look that up. Wow. Yeah, I ha- I feel like I have told that on here quite a bit. <laughs> There's a lot of good depth to your stories. Boo! Boo this man. Uh, you can reach our main account at cmd tower on twitter as well uh marketing raw since now you're one of our discord mods if people wanted to follow you on social or even because you've done a lot of art for the channel uh if they wanted to kind of see whenever that stuff comes up how they should they do that 
yeah, you can always find me creeping in the Discord, ready to talk. Um, and if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm relatively quiet, but I am at Vizardrix Vibes. Ooh, Vizardrix Vibes. Uh, if you guys want to see Marking Ross's deck list, um, links to our Twitch, so that way you can catch the stream on May the 2nd at 8.30 Eastern Time. You can go over to cmdtower.com slash bnbe135. Basically, if you just type in Curiosity, Mystic Remora, Dragonlord Ojitai, tower.com. Now, we would love some patron support, um, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have a lot of different tiers, tons of community engagement that we're uh, doing in there and adding into it. The biggest thing is we've added a couple Discord mods in um, over these last couple weeks. So that way they can help drive conversations, you know, be able to answer questions if you guys ask them. Um, just, you know, with all the content that we're trying to produce for you guys, I know sometimes you guys get left on not even red. I guess it's just unread, which is even worse. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully that'll, uh, you know, make that experience even better. But you get shout outs. Um, and the cool thing is we actually did have a new patron join. Hey! So we actually had Leze join. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining oh, yeah. our uh, community. And uh, can't wait to, you know, engage and maybe even get some VDH in. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Uh, now, if you guys are an existing patron member, Laze, keep this out. If you recruit people in, get them to adopt the collective mentality, uh, we'll actually send you some free swag. Just make sure you ping us, let us know, hey, I had this person join, had this person do it, and then we'll go ahead and take care of you. Now, um, we do have an amazing store, cmdtower.com slash merch. Sell a ton of stuff on there, sweaters, playmats, sleeves, coins, tokens, you name it, it's there. Um, if you guys could go uh, order some gear from there, that'd be great. And we will start selling our gear on eBay and Etsy. So if you have people that, I don't know, they just don't like people's storefronts or they think we're the man and they want to buy through another vehicle that's owned by the man like another eBay, man, they can do that as well. Now, uh, we've gotten a fairly new partnership with our uh, favorite playtest company, abyssproxyshop.com. Make sure you guys use code CMDTOWER. That's going to get you 10% off your order, plus they help us keep the lights on and running at the channel. Uh, the biggest tip I can give you guys, they have a ton of stuff that's already pre-made, ready to go, ship uh, next day. If you'd like to get a little bit more creative, be able to show your MTG personality a little bit more go ahead and type in custom card into their search engine and you'll actually get a community page with all the different custom stuff that they've done for other people and cards. That's the best way that I've seen to be able to get a lot of uh, unique perspective in my deck. So cmdtower.com, um, you use that code for 10% off, abyssproxyshop.com. Um, and if you guys want to do anything custom like Tuck talk, talked about earlier, just make sure you ping them on Instagram or uh, their website with their email but you still place your order through there. You'll still get your 10% off or anything custom. Now, guys, Afara and Norin drawn together. This is the final partner-non-partner deck to be discussed. Marketing Ross, this is your first time on the show. What did you think? A, was it fun? B, do you think your deck's going to clap as hard as it did last week? And C, will any of these ads make it into the deck? Yeah, so this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for letting me be here. with Thank you. you talk about cards oh thank you um so the the cuts and ads i think were great and okay. i actually happen to have several of these laying around so they will probably make an appearance on <laughs> may 2nd um as far as what the performance may do next time i think we might have warned the collective a little bit too much about what this deck does so <laughs> i could see a jund demir deck slamming into me over and over uh it's yeah it certainly seems that way i don't know i'm like i feel like i'm gonna be 
like the scared child walking into a conversation that his parents are having. I was like, I just want to play. I just like cool stuff. I just want to play cool cards and not do anything. Just leave me alone. Well, except there's three of us. Are you like the little kid walking in on his like parents like thruple? And yeah, all, right, like, right, right. It's like it's it's like uh it's like the ice storm. <laughs> what? It, no, okay. No? It's like about it's. I think it's like an Ang Lee movie about like a kid who gets traumatized because his parents are swingers. If I remember correctly. <laughs> great, Wait, does, great reference. Doesn't Ang Lee do a bunch of like martial arts or like action yeah. movies? And also did the first Hulk with uh, Eric Bana. How do you go from doing a uh, Hulk to a traumatized kid because his parents are swingers? That's oh, just all, very. He different. also did Gemini Man, which I'm sure you saw. Nope, sure didn't. Really? Looked terrible. Uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't very good. Well, I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm glad I got to see it because honestly, I think if I hadn't got to play it last week, I would have been like, oh no, this looks fun. It looks cute. I wouldn't have actually seen as much of the synergy and its stuff tying together, which I think is key because I think, Tuck, you're going to see a little bit of that like with Brando's deck because you didn't get to see it go through that episode. Right. So I think with a lot of us, it's going to be a lot of like oohs and ahs and surprises. Right. Um, but I definitely think nothing we've done has shown that this is broken. And I think that's the big thing I wanted to get across to the community is you can do this challenge. And like Marketing Ross said, like I could have done Perforos and Norn, but that just feels like cheating. So let me do yes. something else that's cuter. It's all about self-restriction. And that's just commander in general. If you can restrict yourself and your deck building style. You don't have to have just broken abuse shit. But if you want to do that, feel free to do it. Feel free um, to go play so, Legacy. Yeah, yeah, go play Legacy. <laughs> but I think this is really going to showcase that you can get some very fun, creative stuff when you just do a simple break of let's mix and match the color pie. I agree. Um, this was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Uh, if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> Uh, I thought this was just going to be the D-Gen, the D-Gen bucket uh, for all of us in here. But, you know, I'm actually, I'm really excited. I think we all three have, or all four of us rather, have very unique, interesting decks, none of which are kind of similar to anyone else. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've said it once, I've said it a million times, it's going to be a fucking bloodbath. <laughs> oh, God. And with that said, guys, we're going to see you next week. Or actually, yes. no, I guess we'll see you in three days, four days, because it'll, uh, yep, Saturday to All Monday. Right, yeah. We'll just see you in a few. Bye. Bye. Bye.